All right. Hi, moms. Welcome to the Busy Vibrant Mom podcast with your host, Michelle Bird. Today, we have a super special episode with um, Sally Bird, my mother-in-law, who has written some amazing books. So she's here just to talk about her books a little, talk about writing as a mom with young kids when her kiddos were little. And just the joy of jumping into something that you desire, whether it be writing, uh, whether it be something else that lights you up, but not to let your passions go as a young mom um, of running around screaming kiddos, but just to continue um, that desire and your hobbies and your loves. And so today we'll be talking about her books and just writing and also about a little bit about uh, reading and getting our kids more interested in reading and their passions for love of reading. So welcome. So good to have you here. So let's see. Tell us um, just what got you started in writing. Well, I would say that I have always, always, all my life loved stories. I imagined all kinds of stories with my stuffed animals. I um, always imagined stories. And I loved to read. But that storytelling gene, I guess, was in me, or calling, whatever you want to call it. And when I finally got to the age where... I thought, well, I will try to put some of these down. My children were getting were off to school, and I had more time. And that's when I started trying to write the stories down. That, I hate to admit, was in 1995. <laughs> so it was a while back. It took that long to get them all revised <laughs> to the state that they could go out. Um, but I just loved it. I loved it. That's why I find, just kept at it. And I think God was calling me. Definitely. I think it was a calling, Definitely. or I, I don't think I have it in me to keep it up with it, to keep going on it with all the discouragements, you know. Right. It takes a uh, lot to write yeah, and to uh, it, it, edit it and yeah. turn it out to the public where it's, <laughs> it may not be as well-received as you're expecting. Sending a baby off into the world. (laughs) Right. So you have three that you've written. Are you planning to write any more? I have, I've written 10 or 11 during that first stage. I just wrote them as they came. I didn't try to polish them all up then. I just wrote them. And for the last 10 years I have been polishing them up so that I've take I've gotten um, the third one of the Montalan series recently out and that's the final one of that series so I've taken up a, another one and I am in the process of revising and revising and revising it do you enjoy as you go back to kind of relive what your thoughts were about the stories and how you have they changed over the years of how you want the story to kind of roll or do you find when you're editing them that you have more insight or more things you're thinking about oh definitely yes yes I can remember how hard it was 
to knock out a, a complete character from a story. But I realized it, the the goal is to make the story good, and the character wasn't needed. So I eliminated one. <laughs> but I love I love all to do with the writing. I get absorbed in it. I love it. What I hate is the after the fact, the publicity and the the writing things about the stories. I'm I don't I'm not nearly as into all that. Um, but it's necessary. You have to do right some of that. Of trying to market the stories or yeah. or trying yeah. to um Well these days publishing those. companies want you to write the little blurps on the back. They want you to write right. to find comparab- comparative titles. There were no comparative titles to mine. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of fantasy for children, but there's not much fantasy that is in a Christian world view. Right. And I wanted to write fun stories, very fun stories, but I wanted that Christian world view. Right. Those two things were my main things. Did you have any certain authors that you kind of drew upon that inspired you when you were reading them or when you started writing? I would say C.S. Lewis with the Narnia stories. That was my childhood favorite. Uh, And that's kind of what I patterned mine after. The length and and going into another world, that sort of thing. We did, I mean, C.S. Lewis and I did the worlds differently. We did the Christian character of the worlds differently. Guess who was the better author? C.S. Lewis. <laughs> but he was a good person to pattern after. And I, um, but there have been very few writers who, Christian authors who try to do that. And for a long time, fantasy was not accepted by Christians. Right. It was simply not accepted. And during that time, I just revised and revised and revised. <laughs> but it's more so now. There's more wholesome. Um, and even some of the non-Christians are perfectly wholesome. But they do not, they have a different worldview, and that makes a big difference. Right. I thought there should be there should be good, fun stories within that Christian worldview for kids just to read and enjoy. I'm not trying to preach to them or write Sunday school material. I'm not at all trying to do that. So, Right. It's just a, it's, do you think now, as you said, that that genre is more um, accepted do you think that there's something that has changed that it's more accepted now? Maybe more fantasy books that are out? or I do. I think fantasy kind of exploded in popularity mm. with Harry Potter, the Harry Potter mo- movies and books, and the Tolkien which has been around for a long time, but it, the movies really made it be more popular. Right. Right, definitely. Mm-hmm. They're beautifully made, and more people, I think, have watched them and then 
um, desire to read yeah, the I books. I think so too. And yeah, it's been uh, more of a drive. <laughs> mm-hmm. I will say very loudly that the books are better than the movies. <laughs> Right. But that is usually the case. It's so true. They yeah. can't include everything from the yeah from the books, yeah. and from the books you have such an amazing uh, imagination that can't be captured mm-hmm. over the screen. You have a view of what you think the world or the characters or the people are, and mm-hmm. then when it's on screen, they've made it one specific view, which may is sometimes what you were picturing, right? Sometimes not. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So when you were writing these stories when your kiddos were little, when did you write them? Well, as I said, I, I waited till the the youngest went off to school. So I had more time than mo- mothers are very young. During that time, I just let myself enjoy imagining. And I just imagined little parts of stories, characters, random, random things. Did I just, you keep a notebook or anything about no, your ideas? No, I didn't. A lot of people you... do that, but no, I didn't. And I do not journal. <laughs> I just write stories. <laughs> I just make them up. But the more you make up and and enjoy doing that, the better it will be when you do have time to write. Right. It's like a muscle, your Mm -hmm. imagination muscle of writing and thinking about such things and creativity and you're stretching Mm -hmm. it each time Mm -hmm. you make up a new little Mm -hmm. story. And you, you may not realize it, but you're developing the gift God gave you. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. I didn't realize that I just knew it was something I enjoyed doing. But I would encourage just do what what feels good about it. If you want to jot down things, do, do it here or there. Don't try to write it perfectly. Just jot down the idea, what comes to mind. Even if you try to write it perfectly, it will not be perfect. Right. It will need <laughs> more editing than you. can imagine in your worst nightmare but um, it will all work out and the thing to do at first is just to enjoy the creativity right just to enjoy Mm -hmm. that writing and be able to pick up a pen or Mm -hmm. just write and not think about editing it or if the story Mm -hmm. works the way you think it should or if you've developed the characters enough for mm-hmm. the setting or all the little tiny pieces, I'm sure, that come later that you can fix. Absolutely. That's, that is true. That is true. And then you'll enjoy that part, too. At least I did. Of going back and revisiting it. Making it better. Right. Making it better for your readers. Whether they're, I wrote for children, 8 to 12, in general, Although I've had adults like it, and how old was e- was being was being Boaz was Bo? Boaz when he read it? I think he was like five um, or six. He might have been five or six. Yeah, he, he loved that was reading. pretty pretty young. But they love the fact that you've uh, written them, and they and I had love them reading in them. mine. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, when you were writing your books, did your kids, did you ever read parts of your story to your kids when they were younger? I think I read when they were finished. I didn't read little parts. But when the, I had the story finished, I was so excited that I had actually finished a story that I would, I would read it to them. And they always enjoyed it. They're not critics. They're not literary critics. They just like the story. So That's that was so very fun. I bet they would laugh at all the parts and yep. just enjoy they, yep. it as a story. Yeah, because as an author, you can, you can indicate by the way you're reading it whether it's something you're supposed to laugh at. Right. So they right. do laugh. <laughs> Have you read your stories or your books out loud for anybody or gone any places to, to read them? No, I haven't, though. That would, that's a good idea. I just haven't I would think done it that. would be amazing. People would love to hear your voice mm. as you read them. And as you, you know, as you said, you use your, the tone of your mm -hmm. voice and the inflection just to talk about the different characters mm -hmm. and build up in the book. Mm-hmm. It's been fun, the little that I've done of that, that's just come naturally. Um, you know when it's supposed to be serious, and you know when it's supposed to be more lighthearted, and you can put that into it. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. So much fun. How did you get your kids to be so into reading? I thought about that, and I think, for one thing, both my husband Bob and I both love reading. So we would, we would read, they saw us reading, they saw us enjoying it. Uh, also, we read to them. We read all kinds of stories to them, and we enjoyed doing that. For one thing, it, generally speaking, quiets them down. So for a, a brief amount of time, they're quiet, and you're both focused on something together. And if you are enjoying reading it, they're going to enjoy listening to it. Oh, that's so true. That's so true. So I would say to pick, pick two things, to pick stories for young kids that you would enjoy so that you can let that feeling come across and then also notice what they enjoy so that you can pick the stories that they are more likely to like. Some ch children like informative stories, some like the really funny stories, and some like fairy tale type stories. And they're just different nuances of what they like. So pick some that you like and some and notice what they like and pick them. Uh, my son Stephen, Michelle's husband, reads all the different makes all the different character voices different. You know, he'll make one have an accent and, and he just does he enjoys that and the children lap it up. They love it. I have never done that. I have never done that. But I get into the story and I read, I just read with gusto. And whatever comes naturally to you. 
I think that's true. I think that's the way to do it. Because then you're more relaxed and you're having fun mm-hmm. reading it. You're getting into the story. However mm-hmm. that might be, whether you would do voices or whether you right. read with different inflection, but mm-hmm. you're clearly enjoying it. I think that's so true that if you enjoy it, they will enjoy it too. You're right. I know we have favorite books at the library now when we go. Even picture books. And now that our mm-hmm. kids are older, they're seven nine and almost 11 they still love these specific picture books even last Uh night ashley was asking about um a picture book that we'd read a couple times it's very funny and she remembered it and was thinking we have to get that one or we Mm -hmm. make references sometimes to funny books Mm -hmm. or sayings in books that might be just picture books that aren't that's right aren't very long but they're very funny or there's something in them Mm -hmm. that we picked up as we were reading them and it became something favorite and if you have a range of children like like you do michelle then they benefit the older ones benefit from just enjoying the easy books the picture books like you said they still can enjoy them. And the younger ones are being exposed to stories way beyond their level. But my sense is that they can still enjoy some of that, as long as it's not way too far. Right. It's tricky having <laughs> getting yeah. a book that's in yeah. between the range, yeah. where it keeps the youngest one uh, entertained or enough. into the story yeah. enough yeah. where they don't mentally check out because it's too difficult Mm -hmm. but it also keeps the older two engaged Mm -hmm. where they're not um, worried that it's too babyish or it's Mm -hmm. too little for them Mm -hmm. Um, so it is tricky I think it's good for the children to experience to have that experience of the stories being geared towards someone else it's just just help helpful in their growth to share it you know not always get what they want it's so true Uh yeah we have had to tell Enoch it's okay hang in there this story will have fighting and it will have excitement in a bit it takes (laughs) things exploding it'll take a little bit for it to Mm -hmm. kind of gear up hang in there with us there's some extra parts you'll like and I wonder if that's why Stephen did the different voices. It could be. It could could be. be. He's always done voices with the kids ever since they were little. And we did picture books. Mm -hmm. It has definitely benefited them. They will do voices when they're reading. If they're reading a certain passage or they're reading Mm -hmm. something, they will talk about it and do voices Mm -hmm. how about that or they'll use different inflections when they're um, Mm -hmm. reading out loud and I think it's because every night Stephen reads out loud to them and reads a story Mm -hmm. yeah they still love it even even though they're older now and they can read the whole story themselves uh-huh. He has to hide the books up on top of a piece of furniture way up high so that the kids can't reach them. Um, cause or they would sneak them and read ahead. They would. They'd sneak them and then read ahead. Yeah. Yeah. We cut, Did I tell you we caught uh, Bo um, 
at nighttime, he was sneaking books with a flashlight and reading. (laughs) And he came clean and told us um, that he was super tired during the day because he had been staying up at night reading. Rascal. And he he was rascal. He knew this was wrong. And so he told us. And we told him that's okay. He was crying. And we said, Mm -hmm. that's all right. Let's get you some other downtime so you don't have to take it in the... At nighttime to mm-hmm. read. We'll find some other reading time for you during the day so that you can still get in your reading time, but that you can get some rest. It's good he confessed it, and it's also good that he realized himself that it wasn't working. Right. You know, that he, he right. did need the sleep. I think it was because he was not able to enjoy the things during the day yeah. as much. Yeah. Time with friends, time running around, time playing. He didn't have as much energy to engage Mm -hmm. in the things that he enjoyed during the day. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, we miss the library not being open. Oh, yes. I do, too. (laughs) (laughs) I'm hoping it opens soon. All of our friends at the library miss us when I... Go to pick up some books. Yeah, Michelle gets about 200 books every time she goes. I do. I do. I bring my wagon and they all kind of look at me funny. And after a while, I think they've just accepted it. <laughs> <laughs> I find so many fun books. And as I said, our favorites that we love just pulling out, even though they're picture books and the kids are far beyond that at this point. They're, they're still enjoyable. They're well written. And any age can enjoy them. They're short. Mm -hmm. You can just read them quickly. Mm -hmm. You can be a tired mom and still read them. Right. They're not too taxing on you. And they're very short. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, we used to get the kids ready for bed and we'd have a whole stack of books right by the futon where they could all sit. And so they would pick out, pick through the books and just read them until Stephen was ready to got all the we got all the kids ready for bedtime and then he would start in with whatever book he was reading or mm-hmm. they would each pick out a book for him to read um, and he would probably read read scripture and then read one of each of those three books mm-hmm. <laughs> and i do want to say that Stephen is the one who reads the books but Michelle goes and takes their favorite blankets and heats them in the dryer and brings warm blankets to them. Of course, in the wintertime. But right. brings warm blankets to them and they can wrap up in them. And that is special. They love it. They mm-hmm. love just being cozy. So mm-hmm. the cozier and more mm-hmm. you know, snugly we can make that reading spot is mm-hmm. definitely a bonus. It's mm-hmm. like having an electric blanket, but... But not quite. Yeah, I'm going to start bringing my favorite blanket so you can heat it. There you go. We'll throw it in the, in the dryer. We'll give you one. Uh, they love them. All cozied up, listening to Daddy read. and It's a very special time. It is so special. And he can't, re- he can't end on like a cliffhanger or else he'll have to continue. He can't stand it either. No, I don't think so. He'll keep reading. What have you enjoyed most about 
the whole process of writing these books, editing them, and finally being able to offer them to people. I mean, this is a huge treasure. Uh, I have enjoyed everything about the writing and revising the story, bringing them to life, making them funny. I have a sense of humor, which is somewhat questionable at times, veering towards the silly perhaps, but but in my stories I I enjoy humor, some humor, and the lightness, and also the the things of beauty that I can put in it. One of the things that I loved about um, C.S. Lewis and Tolkien was the beauty they put in their stories, the high beauty, which I think was connected with, very much connected with their Christian faith. Um, and in my stories, I tried to do that, like in Captives of the Fern Queen, I have um, high home animals that are sent to help um, the people that are pioneered in this new world. There's a blue flame bird whose song is unbearably beautiful. Uh, there's a, a lizard whose jewel eggs have amazing healing powers. And they're cream-colored horses who can speak like humans. And I just, they're part of the story. They're integral, they're just integrated into the story. But they're they're unusual. They're higher, um, and they lift your your eyes up to things that are beautiful. They're abs they're they're definitely obviously make believe, but they make you think what might be there, what might be real, right. what is so beautiful. Be like. Yes, yes. So that that's what I've enjoyed the most all that sort of thing, the humor and the beautiful. What I do not enjoy is writing about bad um, characters who I have to make myself not um, change them all to be good <laughs> because that's not realistic. But some people are choose to be bad, and I have to do that. So, right, or choose to just make bad decisions within, yeah. and to or to hurt other people, you know. There's I um, have to do that. Well, I think in all stories, there a good story. There's a villain, mm -hmm. and there's something that one person uh, or one character has to face consequences of their actions, or that they choose to go down a darker path. Right. And then you can see the difference between the contrasting difference between the light and the dark and the mm -hmm. choices. Mm hmm. So. Yep. Yep. Sadly, it's part of all great yep. books. Yep. <laughs> In the second one, the Fern People, I have their, um, the evil Fern Queen from the first book is, is now dead, but five Fern People have survived and. I make one of them charred is is a very unpleasant character cruel he's cruel and he never he doesn't change he chooses not to change and I that was because that's realistic so I had to make myself do that <laughs> 
I want to change them all. That's right. Did Were you basing the Fern Queen on the White Witch in Narnia? Um... I think I think there must have been something in the back of my mind, but she does remind me of the White Witch. But it it was just my own character that came up. I wasn't deliberately doing that. <laughs> right. I would think that as many times as you read the yeah. story, it just kind of gets ingrained the different characters of, yeah. of Narnia and all of C.S. Lewis's mm-hmm. writing or are just so beautiful in the way he's kind of developed them throughout the book. Oh, he was wonderful. He was wonderful. And for older children, C.S. Lewis's um, Space Trilogy, Out of the Silent Planet, Paralander, and That Hideous Strength, they would be very enjoyable. They are just as good, but they're not for children, children. Right. What age group are those more for? Oh, I think um, some 12 and up, some 12-year-olds would be able to handle that. Right. And any up through adulthood. So more like a high school book or yeah, maybe a junior yeah. high, but pretty much more of a high school High school level. and adult, yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. That's so beautiful. I'm impressed that you saw this need for... Christian um, fantasy for this age group because I don't think there's many, as you mentioned, authors that are in this niche of not young, young kids, um, but older, teen, tween kind of kids who need a good Christian book, but that is creative and is kind of a mm-hmm. fantasy where they can use their imagination and they can think about things and jump into that story mentally, but that there is an element of Christ and of God mm-hmm. and of heaven and um, the things that they can kind of connect to. Mm-hmm. I very much wanted to do that. And I still wander amongst the juvenile section of the library um, picking out books for me to read. I just like a well-written, that age group. Right. And it will be tried and true, like Mm -hmm. the Narnia ones or the Tolkien ones that are Harry Potter mm -hmm. that you kind of go back to, ones that are so well-written or just Mm -hmm. are fantasy but are done in a way that is uplifting and interesting to read and just mm-hmm. very well written. Mm-hmm. Right. Was there anything else that you're thinking about that we haven't covered with your beautiful books? Uh, I hope that the the mothers and fathers who read them, I hope you will enjoy them too. I have had adults say they really liked them and obviously they were quite surprised that they did. (laughs) And that was of course thrilling. Anytime I hear anything about someone liking it, it's huge encouragement and it's thrilling. Because I write for for people, I write for my readers. Right. A deep, deep love for them. 
And that's so important because mm -hmm. they'll pick it up and they'll start reading it and they will see that come through in the writing, in the way you've edited it, in the time you've spent over the years to connect it and make it such an amazing story that flows and has characters and, as you said, has a way of looking up towards heaven with these creatures and other things that you've woven throughout the books. I do want to say <clears throat> that I, I, I make... The, I call him the maker, and I make him a character in the book, which I think is, I mean, it's not, I really try hard to be res, respectful <laughs> and only do what is biblically um, true. Uh, but he is a character in a book, which I consider to be really audacious of me. What nerve. And yet I, what I wanted to do was to show that he, he relates to people. Right. He is a, a God who is involved, who hears um, the characters talking, a God who has a sense of humor. It, all that I have put into my books about that are things that I have experienced. So, but I'm, I do think it's a little audacious, but I did not want to, I want to present a world in which he is very involved, very caring. So I just want to say that. <laughs> Definitely. I love that. I love that so much. Well, all of these beautiful books, Captives of the Fern Queen, The Fern People, and Beck and the Ugly Princess, all three of them by S.G. Bird, you can find on Amazon. Um, you can also, I will have um, there's pictures of them on the website, The Busy Vibrant Mom. You can come and take a look at them there. And um, we hope that you would go and find them and enjoy them and pass them on to other um, moms, other people who may be looking for some beautiful fantasy books that are well-written and are wholesome that you can hand off to your kiddos. And we hope that this will inspire you to enjoy and jump into those hobbies that you may not think you have time for right now, but in another season you may. So hopefully this offers you a little bit of encouragement and a little bit of excitement. So go and enjoy reading. Thank you. Oh, thank you for having me.